Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, the sequel. And today we'll call it day 129, even though I actually have no idea exactly how many days it's been since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today is what I call a true, true bonus episode as I'm going to take you and my trusty Roland 05 for a walk around the park one more time. My life has been really busy. I've had a lot of things on my mind. A lot of things have been happening. So I thought it would be really fun to touch base with you BCs and let you know what's up with me and to ask you to please come comment on day 129 if you're one of my BCs and just say hello because I've really, really missed hearing from you. Since we are down at my local park on a beautiful Sunday in July, you might hear some machinery from the park workers who are taking care of the greenery and so forth. You might hear dogs, birds. You're certainly gonna hear me breathing hard. <laughs> but you know, it's all good. This is all part of the natural course of things. And so it's, I've been working really hard, like Alan Standish, to give up perfectionism. I'm not gonna to worry too much about what sounds come through. So before I get into the thoughts I've been having, let's listen once again to the inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, and then I'll share what I need to let go of today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. silent wind that never really blows I'm letting go Oh Josh, Josh, Josh It's amazing to me that after all these years every time I hear that inspirational snippet it still brings some new ideas to mind about what I need to let go of and what comes across my mind today that I need to let go of is trying to be anything or anyone other than myself. Well, Lori, that's a pretty interesting one, isn't it? How can you possibly be anyone other than yourself? Well, brave companions, that is the crux of it. I think that's the crux of my whole life, right? I've always felt inadequate as myself. I always assumed my body wasn't okay, but more than my body, I felt that I wasn't okay. That's the beginning of all the social mask stuff, you know? People pleasing. If I do enough favors for you, or if I give in to you, will you like me then? If I turn myself into a pretzel, will you like me then? Or, if I pretend to fit in, even if that isn't what I want to do, you know, whether it's politically, relig religiously, in a work environment, do I agree to stuff I don't really agree with? Do I just stay quiet when people are saying things that I might not agree with? Now, sometimes that's a good idea, just <laughs> social lubrication and so forth. But I realize that even in acting, one reason I like acting is so I didn't have to be me. 
And why is it that I don't want to be me? Because <laughs> actually, if I look at it, my life is pretty darn good. I live in a beautiful area. My husband and I have a nice relationship. I have a beautiful home. I'm very lucky that I get to live in a really cool house that we've been remodeling and fixing up and making just like we would like it. I have friends. I have creative endeavors. I've really been working on relationships with my family. I'm starting to really, really feel loved, letting myself feel loved. And yet my default is to wish I could be someone different. <laughs> you know, it's funny they talk about that. Like when we go on Facebook and it seems like our friends have always either lost weight or gone on a great vacation or it looks like their relationships are better. Because when we go on Facebook, we usually don't post, you know, our downsides for the most part. Like with Compulsive Overeating Diary, you guys have heard everything. And I've written about everything on the blog, right? About how things are disappointing or terrible or, geez, I had this kind of feeling, but I sure as heck don't put that on my personal Facebook page. No, 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 I put smiley pictures of Mark and me bike riding or us holding hands in front of the Pantages or pictures of our new backsplash. You know, cool things that are happy and proud of. But to be me, the real me, I need to integrate everything. Not that I want to go be a downer on Facebook. No, I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, beyond finding things in myself that I want to change and improve and make different, there's some things I just have to admit are quirks. Now, I know, Donnie, I know you're listening, and I know that you're going to come comment because you have been the most faithful BC of all time. So here's a smooch for you. I know, Donnie, that you understand where I'm coming from, where my ability to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk is part of my nature. And I know that we kind of share that, and in a way, we both get a little self-conscious of that. We go, oh, maybe we shouldn't be talking quite so much. But I tell you that that quirk has come in mighty handy in my podcasting career, and it also comes in really handy when I have to think on my feet for improv class. And if there weren't people in the world who felt comfortable to just talk their ideas out, some, idea, some ideas might never have come to fruition. It is just a trait, just like some people are tall, some people are shorter, we have different skin colors. You know, people are just different. And it's time, I think, for me at least, and hopefully for some of you, to realize that how you are is okay that having these particular quirks is just part of what makes you special and unique. Now there's a time and place for everything, but there's a couple of points that really made me want to talk to you today. One was I did really good in my voiceover workout group. And that's a group where pros and learners like me go and we do copy and we get feedback, 
and work with different directors and things. And we work out <laughs> just like a physical workout every week. And I'd been struggling a little bit because frankly, in the experience level, I'm on the lower end of this group. But the good side is I'm good enough to be considered <laughs> to be eligible, you know, to be there in this group. So that's progress, that's real progress. But I've been struggling and I would hear things like, you're too smiley, it sounds fake, or different things that made me feel like, who I am isn't working. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be a voice actor. Hear that default, oh man, I had a challenge. Maybe I should give it up. How many of you? <laughs> hit a snag and your default is, I should just give this up. Now I know that we've had this over and over again when we try to have a weight loss diet of some sort. Oh, I'm gonna be certainly perfect. And the minute I give it and have even one chip, that's it, it's no good, I might as well give it up. But how many times, you know, whether it's submitting writing for publication or trying out for a debate club or whatever it is you might do. I would say it's very, very rare in life that any one person just magically tries out for things and gets whatever they want. That is not usual, you know. But for some of us, I think it just goes deep, deep, deep into our brains and hearts and souls that somehow even if we do get something that's really cool or we earn something that's really great, that it's all a big fake joke that somehow we were successful at fooling people, fooling them into letting us have something good. And because we're fake, that means as soon as they find out who we really are, it's over. It's over. Well, last week at the voiceover workout group, I had a piece of copy that I thought sounded <laughs> exactly kind of like me. It said you should have a unique voice, be very approachable, friendly, naturally sarcastic, and kind of funny, right? Doesn't that sound like me in my natural voice? I am kind of sarcastic and I am a little bit funny and all of you have said I'm very, very approachable. So I did my first couple of takes and I thought, well, that's pretty good. And I'm like, well, I don't think I was sarcastic. They said, well, let's go through these things. And they go, look at the spec. Are you approachable? Yes. Are you funny? Yes. Do you have a unique voice? Yes. We all have a unique voice. Are you naturally sarcastic? Yes. Well, then why not, Lori, change your direction to read? Read this spot exactly like Lori. Huh? Because usually when I'm reading things like that on specs, I'm thinking, okay, how do I need to make my voice today, right? Do I need to make it lower? Do I need to have a faster pace? What is it that I need to do? And don't get me wrong, sometimes you do need to think about these attributes, but <laughs> for a lot of spots, what you as an actor bring to the table is the only thing that you can bring, which is the uniqueness that is you. So I did that. I read that copy exactly like I would <laughs> to my friend Joanne in the car. And it turned out great. 
And in fact, I think I'm gonna play a little bit of that for you right here. So this is me reading a commercial like Lori. Hear that? How could you not? This ungodly symphony of car horns in adult language is rush hour. Typically, you wouldn't shy away from adding your foul mouth to the chorus. But today, you're smiling, grooving to your favorite station and letting someone merge while keeping all your fingers on the wheel, except, of course, to wave someone in. Something happens when you stay at a... <coughs> Book now at... <coughs> nice travels wherever you go. Woo! My success with that had a profound impact on how I started to feel about myself as an actor and as a person. I thought, you know, that's absolutely right. All these unique perspectives of whatever we do, whether it's how we cook eggs, how we tell a joke, how we interact with children, how we clean our house or not, everything that we do in life is a set of unique perspectives and characteristics that make us up as individuals. So in my case, I should be thinking all the time, how can I do this thing or speak to this person or experience my life exactly like Lori? And the closer I am to being exactly like Lori, the more authentic happy and peaceful I am. Because you know what I've discovered? There's some people out there in the world who actually like Lori as Lori. I don't have to always be the one to drive. I don't have to loan you money. I don't have to give in and go to a restaurant where I don't want to go. I don't have to be people pleasing. I don't have to pretend to be quiet. I don't have to be something that I'm not. I don't even need to lose weight so I look better in a bathing suit <laughs> because the people who just wanna go swimming don't care. And the kind of people who would be so judgmental that they're going to be upset to be seen with me in my bathing suit are not the type of people I would want for friends anyway. Right? <laughs> they really aren't. It's hard to be brave. It's hard to let yourself understand that everybody feels rejection at times. That it's not just because you're crazy or weird or fat or not smart enough or good enough or talented enough. It's not about that. It's about you and me being who we are in the world authentically and finding those places that bring us joy where we can do good and bring pleasure through being ourselves. Now, Amy from Wisconsin is a fantastic quilter and you could go onto the blog and search for quilt and you will see pictures of the beautiful quilt she made me. She is supremely talented with that. And Sue from the UK started learning to quilt and now she has really improved and is doing beautiful work also. Those are things that these ladies do that bring them joy and are part of who they are. The way they see the world through color and fabric and putting together these designs that they gift to others. 
They share their talent with others. For me, I love to talk. I think that's why I'm so attracted to voice acting, even though I get so discouraged and feel like, how many coaches have I had? How many years have I been practicing? Why am I still not there yet? Why am I not yet a professional voice talent? Well, the truth is it takes a lot of work, especially for me. I started, as you know, not being able to speak really at all due to the changes in my mouth from my bike accident and through my fear and not being knowing how to sing, so I didn't know how to breathe correctly, and having lack of self-confidence in everything, all of these had to be taken into account for me to make progress in this career. But just like I never ever really was a true fan of the safe half a pound a week weight loss, because I felt like, oh, if I was sticking to this diet and exercising, I wanted to see like five pounds a week in my heart of hearts. I felt that the results from my effort just wasn't motivating unless it was a slam dunk. So that's kind of like me saying, oh, I had one class in voiceover, and now I should be booking, you know, a uh, a cartoon at Warner Brothers <laughs> or you know, a commercial. I should go to Mark Cashman's class and he should just drop his mic going, oh my God, Lori, you are the most talented voice I've ever seen come through the door. That's my secret wish, but that's not who, it, who I am. And that's not who most people are. Most people need to learn how to do that, just like we need to learn to do anything. But, the sense of freedom that I have as I take the technical skills that I've learned and I'm now learning to apply it to how can I do this read as me, as Lori, is fantastic. Now, another thing I wanted to share with you today which is a little off this topic, but not really. I've been watching the latest season of my 600 pound life. And this is a learning channel documentary about people that are between six and 800 pounds. And what they go through trying to prepare and go through bariatric surgery. And some of them are successful and some of them have a lot of struggles. But I watch this show not to feel superior or to look at them as freaks, but because I find their bravery and what they go through so inspiring for them to take a walk sometimes just from the bed to the restroom is a huge task and they have to rest for a long time. Right? For them to lose the weight to show the doctor that they can change their mindset enough to where bariatric surgery would actually even help them to make it worth the supreme riskiness of doing surgery at that size, it takes an immense amount of will and effort and it inspires me. So I'm over 200 pounds, but I can walk perfectly well. In fact, you can hear that I'm walking right now at this moment. So it inspires me to think, if they can get up and make that hard trek to the restroom or outside their apartment to walk just a few steps and back, who am I to say, oh, I just don't feel like going for a walk today when I know that I feel better 
and that my cardio is better when I go for a daily walk or bike ride. So it's really been inspiring to me. And then another thing that I wanted to share that really struck me from watching that show is in one of the scenes, one of the participants was talking with their therapist. And the therapist was talking about how the person was eating their feelings. And this is something that we've talked about lots of times. And all of us say, we do that. Oh, I eat my feelings. You know, I used to eat my anger a lot with chips my stress with chips. But the therapist said, when you swallow this down, the feelings actually stay forever. And it doesn't matter whether you purge or not. It's not about the food. It's not like what we think of, like, oh, if I eat my feelings with this donut, this donut's going to my ass, and it's gonna sit there in my ass forever. But when we actually swallow a feeling, or drink a feeling with sodas or whatever we might do or over shop. When we take a feeling and swallow it, that feeling stays inside our psyche and our hearts and our subconscious forever until we at least take some effort to dig it out again. But it's true, I could tell that from doing the two years I did compulsive overeating diary and all the time that I was in therapy, that years and decades of swallowing my feelings made layers and layers and layers and layers of hurts and disappointments and wrong-headed things that I had to dig out with pickaxes, right? You always hear about, oh, you take things off like an onion, layer by layer, but some of that bedrock had been part of my identity for all of my life. And for me to shake up that bedrock and to say, you are lovable, Lori. You are capable, Lori. You are good as you are. There are certain parts of things you might want to have goals about. There are certain things that would make your life a little easier. But overall, who I am is okay. Wow. That took me all these years and years and years of work. So now when I'm tempted to go to the chips for any reason outside of, geez, chips really sound delicious. I try and I'm pretty successful at not doing that because I don't want to swallow my feelings and have to dig them out and make no mistake. They don't go away. They will impact you. So we can either swallow them or we can deal with them now and avoid having to deal with them later. Well, brave companions, I hope that you've been out having a great life and finding things that bring you joy and happiness and let you share your talents and yourself with the world because you're definitely good enough just how you are. So until next time I take my Roland for a walk or a hike, take care because I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound.
just inside my skin And by the dawn I'll be gone It won't be holding 